0: We're continuing our series, Extraordinary Living, and, and um, you, know, uh, you know, I was thinking about this, you know, um, did, did, have y'all ever seen the amazing race? I don't know if that's still, that program is still on, but, you know, they had all these clues and they ended up, you know, whoever won the race, it was an amazing race and they got an amazing prize. And, you know, the extraordinary life, as Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, have it abundantly, a better life than you ever thought. It's kind of like the amazing race. There are principles that God lays out in his word that if you follow the clues, you can live the amazing life. The amazing, extraordinary life is not for those who are, are unteachable. It's not for those who are hard-hearted are obstinate. It's for those who are willing to follow his principles. I'm preaching better than you saying amen right there. Amen. And so if we want to live an amazing life, we need to get our nose in the book to find out all we can to find out the principles that can help us live the extraordinary life. Amen. If you agree with that, say amen. So we've been talking about different principles. And today I want to talk about live to give. Live to give. I had one. mm, And one amen on that one. (laughs) So one of the greatest challenges we face in life is the temptation to live selfishly. It's the temptation to live stingy and greedy and um, to to make life all about yourself and to be totally self-focused and not outward-focused. And that is a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe to rob you of the extraordinary life. If you think about it, the significance of our life isn't measured or determined by how much we achieve or accumulate in life, but rather by how much of our life we have given away. If you've noticed, whenever we uh, celebrate people's, uh, um, you know, uh, accumulations, or or you know, when we have a eulogy. When somebody dies, we don't talk about how much they, how much they accumulated, how much they achieved. What we really talk about is their generosity, their graciousness and their selflessness. Isn't that true? We never sit around and say, oh, that was a greedy person, man. (laughs) What a stingy wiser he was. Oh my goodness. What a great life he lived. No, that's not what we say. We say, oh man, how gracious they were, right? Winston Churchill said, we make a living by what we earn, but we make a life by what we give. Generosity is really the foundation of the Christian life. Proverbs 11.25 says, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Here's why generosity is so important. Number one, you're never more like God than when you choose to give. God is a giver. He's a generous giver. He's a very generous God. Amen. He didn't just give us a color. He gave us a whole rainbow, right? Think about it. Listen to this. Everything you have in life is a gift from God. If God wasn't generous, you would have nothing. In fact, your heart would stop beating right now If he didn't decide to continue to be generous, right? You wouldn't have the ability to smell, hear, speak, touch. That's all blessings from God, right? God is a giver. He's a very generous God. And so anytime we give, we are acting like God. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he, his only son, it was his generosity that that motivated him to give his only son so we could be saved from our sins. How many of you are glad he's a generous God? James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. God is a very generous God who gives generously to all of us. Every good and perfect gift comes from the father of lights. Amen. And so every time we give and exercise generosity, we really reflecting the nature and character of God. 2 Corinthians 8, 7 says, Just as you excel in everything, in faith and speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. You know, the goal of the Christian life really should be to excel in the grace of giving. You can't grow spiritually unless you excel in the grace of giving. In fact, the natural byproduct of our spiritual maturity is becoming more and more generous. Think about a child. You know, whenever a child is small, they don't want to be generous, most of them. They want your toy and their toy and the other's toy, right? And and they got a pile of toys, but they want that toy. But whenever they grow up, they become more mature. They're not as selfish anymore. So, maturity is a sign of being less selfish and more generous, right? Amen. A second reason why giving is so important is giving allows you to bring honor to God. You know, we were singing today, Lord, I want my life. I want, I want, I don't want to, I want to just bring glory and honor to you. Giving does that. In 2 Corinthians nine thirteen, it says, as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. You know, our giving is really a testimony to others about the goodness of God. And so, you know, every time we are generous and help someone, we glorify and honor God with our generosity. And so Proverbs 14.31 says, anyone who oppresses the poor is insulting God who made them. To help the poor is to honor God. You know, when we give financially to help the poor, we're honoring God. Amen? Are y'all with me? It also helps to When we give financially, we honor God. But, you know, we also help to spread the message of the gospel. How many of you glad you're saved? How many of you glad you don't have to worry about as a child of God when you die? You don't have to worry about where you're going. You get to spend eternity with Jesus. How many of you believe everybody should get the chance to hear that message of the gospel? Listen, you know, you know, it takes money to get the gospel out. I mean, it takes finances, right? In fact, you know, last Sunday we received a missions offering for Indonesia. Remember that? And, and Monday morning, I got a... The pastor in Indonesia had no idea that we were taking an offering for Indonesia. But I got this, uh, this video from Pastor Palos in Indonesia. And by the way, you gave almost $6,000 to that offering. And if you weren't here and you want to give, you can give today. But it was so powerful, it moved me to tears. I want to show you the work, Pastor Apollos, and and what your financial giving helps accomplish in the earth. I want you to see this little short video. It's about four or five minutes.
1: Several months ago, one of my staff came to me and said, Pastor Apollos, I went to a village in Central Sumba Island. And I found several people with leprosy. The name of the village is Poguatu. You know, when I heard that, my heart was disturbed. I couldn't sleep properly when I heard a village because of leprosy. We went to Poguatu village. We flew from Denpasar to West Sumba, and we took a car to the. Uh, village for one and a half hour and I just realized that it's not easy to go to Poguatu because there's no street there's no road and there's no uh, infrastructure that's really uh, enable us to go by car so we walk for one hour to go to Pokuatu village. It's not by chance that I met one of the leader and I asked, what happened to this village? Why people isolated this village? And the village leader said, because there are several people infected by leprosy. And for many people, the village seen as a cursed village. That's why not many people coming to this village. That's why other villages isolated this village. That's that's why there's no road. And I saw by my eyes, several men with leprosy. I saw by my eyes, children with malnutrition. I saw several people even uh, struggle with health condition. And the village leaders say, there's no water. There's no clean water. took us like one and a half hour to get a water because we need to walk for five kilos to find a spring. So when I heard that, my wife and I, we felt we should do something for this to Village. We should give nutrition for the children. We should give them a water system. We should give them a place for the children to learn, like a school, and also a place for them to worship God. So last month, we went to Pukwadu. We carried a hundred pair of shoes for the children, snack and food for the children, and also solar radio for the people. I was very happy when I arrived in that village. We were able to give shoes for the children, and many of them for the first time having shoes. So they struggled hard to put on their shoes. But the joy of the Lord was there. I saw the eyes of the children and the parents, they were very happy when they got the shoes. And also when I give radio to the people in the village, every man, every father receive radio and they can listen to our FM station from the city. Church, friends, partners, donors, this is a good change for us. To make impact for Bukuatu village in a desperate need for water, school for children and a place for worship. Let's do it together because together we will accomplish more for the kingdom of God. Let's bring a hope for the children of Bukuatu.
0: About that, huh? Do I have any problems? No, I don't have any problems. I don't know if you caught what he was saying with his accent, but they found a village that was totally isolated, no roads or anything. It was because it was a leper colony. And nobody wanted to fool with them because they considered them cursed. And so this pastor found out. Remember, they got all these islands and all these people that have never been reached and this pastor that was working in a nearby island ended up going there and discovered this community no shoes most of them malnourished incredible and so now pastor palos is going to is taking on the endeavor to make sure they get a water well so they don't have to go an hour and a half to get a water well they left them with their solar radios those solar radios are tuned in to a station where the gospel is being preached. So they will get a chance to hear the gospel and get discipled from a, another remote area through these little solar radios, amen? Isn't that incredible? Now listen, without you realizing it, last week, whenever you gave into this offering, you're making a difference on the other side of the world, amen? Come on, how many of you, that kind of just gets you excited a little bit. Amen! Amen, that's incredible. And so we can make a difference if we'll choose to just live a generous life, amen? And again, if you weren't here last week, you, there's tie the, um, or envelopes uh, on the back wall just put Indonesia on them. We'll make sure to get it, okay? A third reason giving is so important is giving helps you to keep your heart right with God. You know, nothing will keep you from living your life Surrender to Christ like when you're greedy, when you're selfish, when you're stingy. Because your heart is attached to your generosity. And so your heart is controlled many times by the love of money. And generosity is the antidote to breaking free from greed and stinginess and selfishness. Amen? 1 Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. You know, nothing wrong with having money, right? Money is not evil. It's when we're greedy, selfish, that money begins to be a problem in our life. And so it's the control and love of money that really turns our hearts and keeps us from the true riches of the kingdom of God. That's what happened to Judas. He, he was handling the money. And the Bible says Satan entered him. And he got so caught, preoccupied with the treasury that it caused him to sell out on Jesus. The rich young ruler, remember, this was a problem in the rich young ruler's life in, in Luke 18. He asked Jesus a question, a, a great questioning question concerning the true riches, right? Luke 18, he said, once a religious leader asked Jesus this question. Good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked him. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, to know the commandments... You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. The man replied, I've carefully obeyed all these commandments since I was young. When Jesus heard his answer, he said, there is still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions, give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the man heard this, he became sad, for he was very rich. Now, now this rich young ruler, Was it a bad man? In fact, he was more godly than most. Listen, he didn't commit adultery. He didn't murder. He didn't steal. He didn't testify falsely. He honored his father and mother. Jesus said, there's still one thing that you haven't done. Sell all your possessions. Give the money to the poor. See, the one commandment he was, he wasn't obeying was the first commandment. You must not have any other God before me. See, the rich man was so controlled by his money that it became his God and he wasn't willing to give it away. See, his love for money was controlling him and it was robbing him from the true riches of the kingdom of God. Amen. So listen, God doesn't want our money or need our money, right? He has plenty of it. He wants us to learn to give so that our hearts can be free from stinginess, from greediness, from being controlled. See, money is not evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. Jesus said you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and money. Money is the, is the most uh, the, the biggest problem that wants to rule our life. Generosity helps us to get past that. First Timothy 6:17 says tell those who are rich not to be proud and not to trust in their money which will soon be gone but their pride and trust should be in the living God who always gives richly gives us all we need for all our enjoyment tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and should give happily to those in need, always being ready to share with others whatever God has given them. By doing this, they will be storing up real treasure for themselves in heaven. It's the only safe investment for eternity. and They will be living a fruitful Christian life down here as well. So Paul tells Timothy that giving does four things. Number one, giving helps you overcome pride and greed. You know, it's there's something about it. The more we have... It, it can feed our ego. It can make us controlling. It can make us prideful. You know, you heard me tell the story. A, a leader in Honduras, he was pastoring. He was doing a great work. Pastor Adan Villanueva gave him a bike, and he became prideful, and he, and he walked away from God because he had a brand-new, shiny bike. So it's not how much you got. It's what got, wh- what it has you, right? And so... Giving helps keep our hearts free from the control of money and giving helps keep God first and keeps us from putting our faith and trust in money instead of God. Amen. How I many of you know it doesn't matter how much money you have. Whenever you get over to the other side, he's not going to ask you how much you got in your bank account. Right? In other words, it helps and keeps your heart right with God and on track spiritually. That's why giving is so important. A third reason why giving is so important for the Christian life is giving makes me more like Jesus. The most generous person there ever was was Jesus. If you study the life of Jesus, he definitely wasn't a narcissist, a narcissist. He wasn't self-absorbed. He was just the opposite, right? He was so generous that he was willing to give up everything. He was willing to give up his own life to save others. He was so busy, sometimes he couldn't eat. And he wasn't trying to build his business. He was trying to build the kingdom. So everything, every time we give anything, money, energy, resources, we become more and more like Jesus. Every time we give, we become more godly. And our heart of compassion grows. You know how you get better at giving? You give, you start. And once you give... It helps free you. And the more free you are, the more you give, the larger your heart becomes. Proverbs 21, 26 says, Some people are always greedy for more, but the godly love to give. The more godly you become, the more generous you are. How godly are you? But it also works in reverse. The more generous you are, the more godly you become. So the more godly you become, the more generous you are. And the more generous you are, the more godly you become. Luke 11.41 says, purity is best demonstrated by generosity. To live a holy life is to be a giver. It's our generosity that keeps us from being stingy. You know, uh, you, you might have heard that story about the guy, uh, the father that stopped at McDonald's to get his son some french fries. And so he was driving, McDonald's french fries, you know. And man, he was smelling, he's like, hey son, give me a french fry. He said, no daddy, those are mine. And so the dad had some thoughts, you know, like, hmm. Like, three thoughts entered his mind. One is he realized his son had forgotten he was the source of all french fries. And he would have no french fries if it wasn't for his father. Number two, he didn't realize his dad could take them all away if he wanted to. Or on the other hand, he could buy himself all the French fries he needed. He was in charge of the French fry supply. And number three, he didn't really need his son's French fries. He had plenty of money and could buy all the French fries he needed. Amen. The father wanted him to give because he was just interested in his son learning to be unselfish. You see, God wants us to be generous for the same three reasons. God wants us, he doesn't need our money. He's got, he can get all the money he wants, right? He owns a cattle on a thousand hills, all this gold, silver, coal, everything in them hills and, right? And, and if he wants the money, he can reach into our bank account, right? If he wanted to, he could just take it all away. He's in charge. He just wants us to be free. If you got that, say, I got that. A third reason why giving is so important for the Christian life is giving helps prepare you for eternity. 1 Timothy 6.18 says, Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and should give happily to those in need, always being ready to share with others whatever God has given them. By doing this, they will be storing up real treasure for themselves in heaven. It's the only safe investment for eternity, and they will be living a fruitful Christian life down here as well. So giving not only helps us here and now, but it helps us to invest in eternity. You know, in Matthew 6, Jesus said, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So now Jesus encourages every Christian to store treasure in heaven. You ever ask yourself the question, how do you store treasure in heaven? And is it really important to store treasure in heaven? Why did Jesus encourage us to store treasure in heaven? Do you think that maybe one day, whenever we get over there, there's going to be a reward? That not everybody's going to have the same experience whenever they get onto the other side, whenever the rewards are handed out? I think so, right? The only safe investment we can make is that we'll never lose our heavenly reward when we invest in eternity. See, our generosity helps us store up treasures in heaven to prepare us to meet our maker. Amen? Think about this. I was just thinking about this. You know, because some people like, oh, you know, like tithing. You know, when the tithing thing comes up, that's Old Testament, man. That's, uh, you know, you're just trying to get my money and, you know, all this stuff. So think about this with me. If our average income, say, was $40,000 a year during our working career, and we worked for 40 years in our lifetime, our lifetime earnings would be $1.6 million. Okay? Now, yeah, glory. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, the question we should ask is, how much of that $1.6 million that we've made in our lifetime Did we invest in heavenly treasure? See, think about it. A faithful tither would have stored up a minimum of $160,000 of heavenly treasure invested in the kingdom of God, not counting any other kingdom investment he has made over his lifetime, like offerings and alms and everything else. All right? Now, think about the person that does it. How much has he invested in the kingdom? How much has he invested in eternity compared to 401k? Mutual funds. See, the point is, don't live your life only worrying about earthly investments. That will rust, moths will eat, and robbers will break in and steal. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 20, store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy. Thieves do not break in and steal. Where your treasure is there, the desires of your heart will be there also. You know, the more you give into the kingdom, the more your heart will be for the kingdom. The less you give into the kingdom, the less your heart will be in the kingdom. You'll be after football, sports, shopping, stuff, cars, houses, boats, all that stuff, but you're not going to have a heart for the kingdom of God. Come on, I'm preaching better than you saying amen. Even if it hurts, say amen. 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 You see, so Jesus is trying to help us. He's saying, listen, if you want to live an extraordinary life, listen, extraordinary life is not how much stuff you get while you're here. An extraordinary life is living your life that's gonna make an eternal difference in people's lives long after you're gone, amen? That's the kind of life that you wanna live, right? Your generosity helps prepare you for eternity. Now, your generosity allows you to live an extraordinary life. Now, let me just wrap this up. In the Bible, there's 7,000 plus promises, right? And and the promises of God or, you know, Promises of success, satisfaction, uh, promises of, of having a fulfilled life, and so on. And with every promise, there's a condition that needs to be met so the promise can be realized. And in the Bible, the number one thing that God gives us promises about, you know what it is? It's about our generosity. More than any other thing. More than prayer. God talks about being generous. And so not just generosity with our money, but generosity with our time, generosity with our resources, generosity with all of that, right? And so if we will simply learn how to be generous, we'll receive the blessing God has promised to those who give. And it's a huge, huge principle. Because when you think about it, you know, people that are constantly given everything they want and they fed Uh, selfishness. They grow up, even though they're adult, they grow up to be just totally occupied with themselves. And they're always scoping out life and saying, what's in it for me? How is this going to help me? How is this going to bless me? So they're only maneuvering through life to find out how their life can become better and how people can help them. And those are the most depressed, saddest people on the globe. The happiest people on the globe are the givers, not the takers. Amen? So there's three benefits to giving. Number one, generosity increases God's blessings on your life. Proverbs 22, 9, Generous people will be blessed because they share their food with the poor. If you want God's blessings on your life, you can't be a miser. You can't be stingy and greedy. You have to learn to give. It's a principle of the kingdom. The more you give, the more you'll get. Deuteronomy 5, fifteen ten. Give generously to him, and do so with a gr- uh, and do not do so with a grudging heart. Let me let me start all over. Give generously to him, and do so without a grudging heart. There we go. Then because of this, the larger God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hands to do. If you want God to bless you in all your work and everything you put your hands to do, be generous. Right. Second Corinthians nine seven says, "For one should give you, um, each one should give as you have decided in your heart to give. You should not be sad when you give, and you should not give because you feel forced to give. God loves a person who gives happily, or hilarious. The word says, and God gives can give you more blessings than you need. Then you will always have plenty of everything, enough to give to every every good work." So generosity increases God's blessing on your life. Number 2, generosity increases your joy and your happiness in life. In Acts 20:35, "I have shown you in all things that by working hard in this way we must help the weak." Remembering the words that the Lord Jesus himself said, "There is more happiness in giving than in receiving." The happiest people on the planet are the generous, right? Why? Because generosity increases your joy. It increases your happiness. And so, you know, one way, you know, in the, in the mental health, mental health industry or the medical profession, when they have people that have depression and, and a lot of mental health issues, you know what's one of the main things they do to help them get out of that state is they get them to go volunteer in another organization and give their time. And what happens is they start getting better immediately because their focus is off of themselves and on others. And they get back to the place and they feel better because they did something to help somebody that couldn't help themselves. Come on. I, this is good stuff right here. Amen. And so listen, if you're depressed, maybe you should just think about, are you helping other people? Are you being generous to other people? And I encourage you, if you're not, I encourage you to do so. Amen? Proverbs eleven twenty five: the generous will prosper. Those who refresh, others will themselves be refreshed. It's the law of sowing and reaping. You remember, uh, you know, the the Sea of Galilee, uh, you know, we went to Israel and I'll be talking about that in a couple of weeks, but um, you know, there's the Sea of Galilee, and there's the Dead Sea. We swam in the Dead Sea, and it's got all this salinity, and you can float. Like, I sink. I don't float real good. Like, I go to the bottom, you know. But in the Dead Sea, man, I could pick up my legs, and I was just like chilling. It's because it's so. it's got so much salinity. There's no life there. Nothing lives there. And what happened is years ago, the the uh, Mediterranean would come in, and they had a massive earthquake, and all the 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 uh, the earth uh, plates. There you go. Thank you. All the earth plates shifted, and it it's it held all this salt water in there, and not, no life can live there. But the Sea of Galilee, on the other hand, has got all kind of life. The difference is the Sea of Galilee has the Jordan feeding out of it. And it goes all the way to the Dead Sea. But the Dead Sea has no outlet. See, the Sea of Galilee has life because it gives. The Dead Sea has no life because it doesn't give. And our our human nature is to can all we can get and get all we can. But if we want to live an extraordinary life, we can't live our life for ourselves. We have to live it for others. We have to live it to make a difference in others. If you want to have a life of significance, you got to get your eyes off yourself and you got to get them on other people and see how you can make a difference in other people's lives. And you're going to start living an extraordinary life. Amen. Amen. So let's, let's wrap it up. You have to live your life intentionally. Live to give. It's got to be intentional, live to give. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says this. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Did you, did you notice what it says there? God loves a cheerful giver. So each one must do as he's purposed in his heart. That means being intentional. You got to be intentional to give. So, how do you give? There's, there's four ways you can give. First of all, you can give of your time. You know, what, what do people value most? Money or time? Most of us, it's our time. It's a lot easier to write a check than to go give our time. And so, what, what takes greater effort? Writing a check or giving your time? Many, for many of us, it's just giving our time. Time is valuable. Right? Giving of our time helps others. And it's something that we can all afford to give. So I would give, Todd, but I don't have nothing, man. You do have something. You have time. And if you will invest your time, you will become a a giver. Because sometimes that's the most important thing that you can give. And, And listen, I encourage you, if you're wanting to know how to give your time, go to the next steps after each service. Go go in there. That's what the whole thing is designed to do, to make you a sea of Galilee instead of a dead sea. I mean, that's a picture right there, huh? Number two, you can give of your talents and gifts. First Peter 4.10 says, each one should give whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in various forms. You know, the problem is God gives us gifts and talents and we want to use it for our own benefit instead of for the benefit of others. And God says, no, whatever gifts and talents, use it to serve others you got to use it to serve others. If God has given you the gift of making money, be generous, man. If God has given you the gift of hospitality, invite people to your house and show hospitality. If God has given you the gift of faith, pray for those who need prayer, amen? If God has given you the ability to sing, sing for the glory of God so I don't have to. Amen? Each of us should use our gift and talents to serve others. And again... If you don't know what that is what your gifts are next steps a whole a whole session is designed for that the more you serve the more you give the more you give the more impact you'll have on others and the more increase they'll be in the kingdom of God the more your life will influence others you know we were talking about this. We're about to wrap up our salt and light class, and, and the, we're in that part of the class where it's all about intentional living. And we're talking about, you know, what, what do you, like, I don't know what to do. You know, whenever I started coming to Family Life Church back in you know a few years ago, and uh, you know, Brother Francis and Miss Babs, they always encourage serving and all that. And and so one day somebody asked me to be an usher, and so I said, okay. And uh so I said, okay, well, I got to get me some clothes. I, all I have is concert t-shirts and jeans. Like I don't have a coat or nothing like that. So I had to go to the shop and buy me some clothes. And and I started ushering and I was, I, I stunk at ushering. Like I was scared to go say hi to people. Now I was an outgoing, I, I mean, I was pretty outgoing, but when it came to ushering and you're standing up there and you're representing, oh. And I had to work at just being outgoing and smiling. So when somebody came to church, they would see happiness. Amen. And I would reflect happiness in Jesus name. Amen. And so I had to work on it. And then they asked me to, you know, uh, teach children's church. It's like, well, that's stretching it a bit. I don't know the Bible, you know, but you know what happened? They had these, these lessons They were, they were created in children's language and terms. I learned more in children's church. It broke it down to what my, my mentality. You know what I mean? But you know, the point is, As I began to serve, I all of a sudden started learning about these gifts that I had. I would have never known that I was a pastor. I had a pastor's heart. If I hadn't got out of the pew at some point in time and said, I want to do something for Jesus. Can I encourage you today? There's no telling what's on the inside of you. There's no telling what God wants to do with your life. You just gotta get off the pew and say, I'm gonna use my time, I'm gonna use my talent, I'm gonna do whatever I can to build the kingdom of God. Amen? Come on, praise the Lord for that, amen. And number three, obviously, you can give your financial resources. You could give financially. And this is where it gets quiet in church. When you talk about finding... And listen, it shouldn't be, saints. It shouldn't be. It's not like we try to fleece the sheep every time you come in here. We're saying, man, let's build the kingdom of God. Just do what God tells you to do and give and let's build the kingdom of God. And by the way, if you learn how to do that and you sow seeds, financial seeds, guess what's going to happen to you? You're going to reap a harvest. Amen. You're going to have more to be more generous with. Listen, it's not something that we need to be bashful or shy about. The only problem that the only people that have a problem with that is people that have a problem with money. Come on, I need a better amen. We need to learn to be generous. See, what happens when we learn to be generous, it opens up our heart. And when it opens up, when you open up your heart, God can fill you. And you'll start experiencing the love of God, the power of God, the anointing of God, the gifts of God, the blessings of God, like you never have before. Amen? Amen? And listen, last and final, God is more interested that you give your heart to Christ. And the reason why he encourages us to give so much because giving is related to our heart and our surrender. And the more we surrender, the more God can fill our life. I want to encourage you, be intentional about giving your time. Be intentional about giving of your gifts and talents. Be intentional about about your resources. You know, I hear stories all the time. My mom and dad showed me and they taught me how to give. They taught me how to give. They taught me. I saw them. I saw them. You know, one of the wealthiest people I know was telling me, I, I sat down before we went to church on Sunday. I watched my daddy. He made it. He made sure. He wrote the check right in the front of us. He wanted us to learn how to give. And, and this man is a very wealthy man, and he's a very generous man, and he gives, and he says, because my mom and dad taught me how to do that. Amen. And so listen, the little lady, she had one penny and, and the Lord was watching the tithe box and she went and threw that penny in there and it shouted, it shouted in the heavens and he said, wow, that little lady gave more than the God that put a million dollars in the box because she gave what she had, man. Sacrificial giving. Imagine what could happen to our life if we just learn to be generous in our, our compliments we just learn to be generous in smiling and encouraging people around us and being a blessing to our spouse and to our children and to our co-workers. I think we can live an extraordinary life. Amen? But it begins by surrendering our hearts to Christ. Jesus said in Luke nine twenty four, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are yourself lost or destroyed? Wow. It's in giving your life to Christ that you truly begin to live an extraordinary life. Amen. Would you do me a favor and just bow your head with me for a moment? The Lord wants us to surrender our heart. If you've never given your life to Christ and made a decision, I want to be a Christian. I want to live my life for Christ. He's he's more interested in, in us giving our hearts to him. The rest will come. It starts there. And when you give your life to Christ, this is what he said, you're going to find life. You're going to tap into a life that you never thought possible. But you gotta first surrender. If you've never done that, and you're ready to do that this morning, would you just lift your hand? And say, Todd, would you pray a prayer for me? I see your hand, ma'am. Anywhere else, just lift your hand, just hold it up so I can see it. I want to see who, who I'm praying for. Just hold your hand up and just say, It's it's me. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. Those of you that raise your hand, if you'll just pray this prayer with us, say just say, Lord Jesus. I give my heart to you. I want to live the Christian life. Thank you, Jesus, for giving your life so my sins could be forgiven and I could experience abundant life. Thank you, Jesus, for your generosity towards me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for your mercy. Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if you, we have a gift for you if you pray that prayer. If you just fill out that card that says, I made a decision, go in the lobby. and We, we want you to have that. Just bring it over there. We're not going to harass you anything. You know, there's a story told about, about some monkeys. They were trying to catch some monkeys, and they put some bananas and some sweets in a barrel, and they put some holes in the side of the barrel and uh and after a while the monkeys would come to the barrel and they'd stick their hand in the hose and grab a banana and so so then those that were trying to capture the monkeys to to you know to do some research to give them a better quality of life they could get free if they just let go the banana but they didn't want to let go the banana so they got caught and so all they had to do to catch their, the monkeys was just put some bananas in a, in a barrel. And, and, you know, and it's kind of like, if you want to be free, you got to let go to banana. Amen. You just got to let go to banana. And, and that means being generous, being generous with everything about your life, being a giver and not a taker. Amen. And you can live free and you won't get trapped. Amen. And you'll get to enjoy the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen? Come on, stand up with me. Let's close in prayer. Father, I thank you and praise you for every every person here today. Lord, help us to live a generous life, a life of generosity. Live to give. Be, be generous with everything about us. Thank you, Lord, for just blessing each and every one here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a wonderful day. Again, to all the veterans, happy Veterans Day weekend.